0: The kitchen table has a long, storied role in human history. It's the center of daily life where people come together to share food, company, new ideas, and sometimes life-changing decisions. So come, take a seat with Kevin and Connie for Kitchen Table Conversations. Join them as they discuss the issues today that can impact your life and those around you.
1: Well, Connie, thank you for joining on this first kitchen table conversations is the inaugural episode. And before we jump into the topics that we plan to cover today, I wanted to give a nod to you, Connie. This was really your idea and your concept to bring this forward as a subset of the podcast. Tell us about the discussions that you've been having and why you thought this was so pivotal to share with our listeners.
2: Well, we've been doing a number of interesting series with our podcast. They've been getting fairly technical, and I thought it might be great to take a little bit of a break from that and replicate some of the conversations that we have with our client families on, on a periodic basis, but particularly as near-end approaches, just to sit down with a checklist of topics that are of interest to them and discuss ways that we can help and add value.
1: And what do you think the... First thing on the checklist or the number one item that is well, being of course,
2: discussed. that varies from year to year, but this year it's clearly inflation, it's at the top of mind for all families. It impacts everyone at all ends of the economic spectrum, particularly seniors on a fixed income and young people who are starting out with home purchases. But it really affects if it, it affects everyone,
1: yeah. I think too, from Further discussions that we're having in reviews with our families, it's not just the spending, but it's also how do we handle things like cash reserves and um, how do we handle the portfolio structure? as a whole. And I think it's always important to remember not to spend time to go into our portfolio construct today, but our portfolio structure from the all-weather approach has a third of the risk already invested in assets that rise during unexpected inflationary periods. And so despite everything else that's happening in the markets, it's not true that everything is, is, negatively, is negatively affected right now. There are assets that are rising and are benefiting from the inflation, and we do have part of the portfolio pointed towards those. So I think one one way to say is people ask us is what do we do about inflation? And I always say, we've already packed our bags for this. So we're, we're already prepared for it.
2: That's right.
1: And I would say probably the second thing, Connie.
2: This tax- time of year is clearly year-end tax planning.
1: Yeah, for sure. Year-end tax planning. We're doing quite a bit of tax loss harvesting right now, taking advantage of when things are down you know when when you get lemons make lemonade out of them and so we're doing a lot of tax loss harvesting a lot of pushing clients to have further conversations with their CPAs their tax attorneys so that we make sure we're capitalizing on things that can be done during an in market environment like this and i think also you know just making sure we have a good grasp on what tax estimates are going to be for families that they have a clear vision of what tax consequences may look like next year. Uh, And then also things like bunching property taxes in years. So now that we have the SALT deduction state and local tax limitations, doing things like bunching taxes into one year versus the other, are, is a really unique tool switching between these itemized and, and standard deductions. Uh, and also charitable giving, utilizing our, our clients' donor advised funds, qualified charitable distributions, that is for families that have large qualified accounts, 401ks, IRAs, you can take up to 100,000 of that uh, and give it directly to a charity. Can't go into your donor advised fund, but can go directly to the charity. And then also, Connie, it's about more than just the tax planning when it comes to the charitable giving.
2: Right. I think you mentioned a donor advised fund and that provides a perfect separation between tax planning with respect to charitable giving and the heart part of giving the purpose that people and families have for giving their money away. And that's a whole separate topic aside from tax planning and that's just in the area of charitable giving and the purpose for those dollars. I think it's a perfect time of year to sit down toward the end of the year and do some charitable giving and and also some bigger picture discussions around purpose for giving.
1: For sure. I You used to use a term right now that I love. It's called the heart part of giving, not the hard part, the heart part of giving. That's and really right. the, it, there's two, there's the head and the heart, right? So there's the practical reasons for giving, you know, the tax deductions and, and the estate structuring, but really the heart part we find with the families is what drives the reason for it. It's not the taxes usually that drive the giving. It is, there's very much a connection to the hearts of the family, to some cause that they want to support and, and have purpose in.
2: well and there are a few things that we can do to help in this area. One, of course, you already alluded to, which is to help set up donor-devised funds or charitable trusts. And that is the technical aspect of it. The second is to help with any kind of family meeting or or strategic planning around around giving. Although most of our families have got this down and they know they they know what their purpose is and where they're going with it. But the third is uh, also just to help with due diligence around giving. Mm-hmm. Now, we may have a family that decides that their passion has to do with um, helping children, ch- disadvantaged children, abused children, whatever the, that aspect of helping children may be. We can, much like we do with our private equity analysis, we can do a charitable analysis and find the best charities, the most effective charities to help families achieve that particular purpose. And we can also help provide a a third-party no. Many of our families have of significant means, have people coming to them hat in hand, asking for donations for just about anything. And with the creation of a charitable structure and a purpose, it does make it easier to say no. Uh, and if someone's particularly persistent, they can refer them to us and, and we can explain that this just doesn't fit with the charity, with the family's charitable goals.
1: Yeah, Connie, I know it's interesting you brought up due diligence on charities as if it was a private investment opportunity. And I think the good news is that if it's coming from a donor advised fund, it's going to end up at a 501c3. So there's a lot of generally, at least a lot of information. But you have a particular background in this in Austin with a group here. If you could just quickly share that with us that uh, how you look at these in a broader spectrum of grants?
2: Yeah, well, I've been for many years a member of Impact Austin, which is a women's collective giving organization. Its purpose is to collectively gather the means of many women and contribute to uh, a few charitable charitable organizations through grant making. But its secondary purpose is education, and I have chaired grant committees for the last three years. With each committee, has twenty to twenty five women and we will review grants in a particular category and learn how to analyze how to dive into the data that's available publicly and how to analyze it and how best to make a final decision on who to who to grant the money to it's a lot of fun
1: switching gears into our next topic a number of the calls that we receive this time of year are Requests for K ones tax documents, and one thing that we do for our families, which seems intuitive and that it should be done all the time, and just isn't, is document e vaulting. And and again, Connie has been very much on the front of this with our families. Connie, what other items besides tax documents do families share and utilize document e vaults for?
2: Well, insurance policies are Mm -hmm. an obvious one. Um, All kinds of personal documents around wills such as uh, durable powers of attorney, medical directives to physicians, medical powers of attorney, and personal documents such as copies of driver's licenses and marriage certificates, death certificates, that sort of thing.
1: Yeah. And even the trust documents to to a large extent, just right. understanding, you know, those trust documents. And, and the, I think the benefit of e-vaulting is that we also continue to open up conversations with our families around their beneficiary designations. This is a great time of year to review those at the kitchen table and to ensure that the old 401k is going to the right place. And and if you've decided to change giving or percentages between kids that you want to follow a trust document or something that's been structured during the year, make sure that everything matches. Uh, And the important thing there is that you know, beneficiary designations for the most part will bypass probate to the extent that if it's on that piece of paper, it's what's going to be executed in the probate of the estate. And it's really difficult to get those changed in the process. So making sure those are up to to date and up to the wishes of the family is extremely important.
2: Right. So if your beneficiary is your ex-wife or your ex-husband, you'll want to change that Uh, And and also (laughs) as your children age and become adults, there, there are different changes that you'll want to make to that as well.
1: Well, speaking of both children and adults, I think the next topic and maybe our last that we'll touch today is cybersecurity keeping your data safe. You know, you have a document eVault and there is a door to that and it is protected by your password and hopefully some other features as well. Connie, what do you see most of our families utilizing in that space?
2: Well, everyone hates the two-factor authentication, but it is critical to use that. So if you have an aversion to it, please get over it and get used to using two-factor authorization. And then get stay away from the simple passwords. You don't want to use your dog's name or your address. That sort of data is just too available on social media. I mean, anybody can look at your Facebook page and see that your dog's name is Bailey, and they're going to try Bailey123 as your password every time. The other thing that's really critical with respect to cybersecurity Really does have to do with social media. You've got to be so careful to, for you and members of your family, to be careful what you post. You don't want to post when you're out of town, if your home is vulnerable to being broken into, for example. But I mean, we've seen some and heard some crazy stories. We've we've heard a story recently about a. a Young woman who is a member of a wealthy family in town that posted a vacation photo, including the tail number of the private jet. Uh, Well, that that obviously presented a huge security risk for that Mm -hmm. family.
1: Yeah, those tail numbers are are traceable, uh, publicly traceable. So you can find out where they're flying just about any time. And I think, too, we've seen a rash of this you know with celebrities you know who are very prominent on social media being robbed or having their homes invaded when they're there or when they're away um simply because there's so much information out there that the profile can be constructed by by the robbers to come in and and really take advantage of a situation so i think more than anything is as we look at our cybersecurity functions inside of the firm obviously at a very high level again you know the gate is the password. So be very, very cautious with your passwords and be aware of your surroundings on social media.
2: Right. There are a number of resources that can be shared with senior members of your family and children as well about how to protect yourself online and how to protect yourself from cybersecurity. And we're always happy to share that. One of the categories in our document e-vaulting is in insurance policies, as I mentioned. But this really does bring up the subject of doing an annual insurance review, or at least a periodic one every few years. With home values increasing recently, especially, Kevin, I know we've seen a lot of change there.
1: Yeah, especially in the Austin area, home home values have gone up. They've leveled off recently with rising rates, but what we're finding is that the policies aren't necessarily structured to handle those rising rates, and they'll have things like replacement or construction costs built in there for half of the value of the home, which you couldn't possibly get that same house rebuilt for that same price in Austin right now.
2: So we've actually put several of our clients through an insurance review recently, and they're moving to some of the high-end premium carriers, you know, the Chubbs and the Pures and Berkeley Ones of the world, so that they have that extra protection on high-value assets. Another critical area is an umbrella policy, uh, which becomes particularly important with these higher values of net worth and assets.
1: Yeah, I think with the umbrella policy, the important thing to remember there is that the umbrella is what protects the assets of the family. And should something happen and you run through the limits of your car insurance, uh, you say you have a son that gets in an accident on I-35 and cars pile up and there's a 15-car accident and you've blown through your limits, it's the umbrella that then protects the family beyond that. And um, there's only so much you can do with asset protection in terms of structuring, but really the umbrella policy is the first line of defense. Right. Well, Connie, thank you again for bringing Kitchen Table Conversations to the forefront of the podcast and to our listeners. You know, as we wrap up today, if there's any additional questions, as always, reach out to us, info at Sina Sarah Capital anytime. And you can find us on the web at capital.com
0: Thank you for listening to the Uncorrelated Minds podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. For more information on the topics covered in this podcast, Please visit the show notes page for links to further information at www.sineseracapital.com. Capital is a registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where Sineserac and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. The information provided is for educational and information purposes only and does not constitute investment advice and it should not be relied on as such. It should not be considered a solicitation to buy or offer to sell a security. It does not take into account any investor's particular investment objectives, strategies, tax status, or investment horizon. You should consult your attorney or tax advisor. All information has been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but its accuracy is not guaranteed. There is no representation or warranty as to the current accuracy, reliability, or completeness of reliability for decisions based on such information, and it should not be relied on as such. The views expressed in this commentary are subject to change based on market and other conditions. These documents may contain certain statements that may be deemed forward-looking statements. Please note that any such statements are not guarantees of any future performance, and actual results or developments may differ materially from those projected. Any projections, market outlooks, or estimates are based upon certain assumptions and should not be construed as indicative of actual events that will occur.